0: You are listening to the Enhance Your Practice podcast series, brought to you by ASPS University. I'm ASPS University Chair, Dr. Nicholas Panetta, and I invite you to check out all of our educational offerings from professional surgical videos, courses on practice management, and much, much more at ASPS.net. So today we're talking with Dr. Heather Furness, who's a successful private practice plastic surgeon from Santa Rosa, California, and she's the co-author of the book, The Business of Plastic Surgery, for which the second edition was recently published. Thanks for joining us today, Heather.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much, Ash.
0: So today we're interested in talking about med spas. Heather, can you tell us why a plastic surgeon should be interested in opening their own med spa?
1: Well, patients are looking for surgical and non-surgical options, particularly in the aesthetic market, but not necessarily just in the aesthetic market. And so it makes sense to offer those non-surgical options in your surgical practice, but does it really make sense? It's not necessarily going to be a profit center. In fact, it can lose you money unless you know how to organize, how to manage, and how to run it so that it benefits both the people working for you, you, as well as the patient
0: what are some of the hurdles that a plastic surgeon might face when they're opening their own med spa?
1: Well, I think it's important to recognize the difference between a day spa and a med spa. When we started out, we didn't necessarily identify those differences. So estheticians wanted to do facials. They wanted to do waxing. That works great when you're in a med spa with a low overhead. Ours is not a low overhead. So we had to train our estheticians so that they recognize a 90-minute facial really was best done in a day spa. So we learned to train. We also learned to incentivize employees. And so you take people who, you know? should you pay them on an hourly rate with tips? We decided, no, tips don't belong in a medical practice. Do you pay them a commission? Well, that doesn't really work either, we found, although some people do do that. So we sort of went through various ups and downs, and we finally figured out the best way to do it. I go into details in the uh, chapter on med spas in my book, but there are formulas and it really warrants paying attention to the numbers.
0: What are some of the things that you know now, having run a med spa, that you wish you knew earlier?
1: One is the way that we manage it and how to motivate employees. So recently, we've actually borrowed from the technology world, and we use OKRs. I learned about this from my son and his startup. Objectives and key results. And I go into more detail in the book. But briefly, you have people come up with their own goals based on the the med spa's goals and they come up with key results that are measurable with a deadline. So for example, you're gonna do so many of a certain type of treatment by the first quarter. And when people own their own goals, then they are more motivated to achieve them.
0: How would a plastic surgeon need to staff their med spa differently to the surgical practice?
1: Well, we started out hiring a nurse to do some of our injectables within our surgical practice. The difference is that a spa is a different feel in people. Not that we're doing massages and waxings like a day spa, but nonetheless, it's a different feel and the pace is different. Surgery is fast. Follow-ups are quick. Whereas in a spa, you want something a little bit slower and so we decided to create two entities, two separate receptionists, and the personalities are different. And so when the further we got in, the more we learned. First, we lost money for four years. So a lot of med spas lose money, but I had this feeling that a med spa can be profitable but um, but it has to be run right. So we chose the staff based on our needs, and we realized that training was a big part of our investment, and so we would invest in the staff, and we would grow from into RNs, people doing our own injections, The staffing will vary state to state because in some states, an esthetician can do lasers. Others, for example, everybody in California needs to have a physician's assistant or a nurse practitioner do an evaluation if the physician, him or herself, is not doing it. So we stumbled along until we really figured out our structure and also how to make sure that it worked for us financially.
0: From a business perspective, should a plastic surgeon think about having their med spa as a separate corporation to the medical practice?
1: I think it is helpful. It's not necessary if the med spa services are not a huge portion, but if you don't separate them out, you may think that you're doing just fine in the med spa when in actuality you're losing money. And so that's one reason to separate it out. Another reason would be if eventually you want to slow down and bring in another surgeon, you still have your med spa running separately. So one doesn't dilute out the other, and the numbers can be clarified.
0: Other than looking at the profitability, how can we think about the success of a med spa?
1: There are a lot of patients who come in interested in looking better, feeling better about themselves, and they're terrified of surgery. Some are in their 30s or 40s and looking to stave off some of the aging changes, but they're not ready for the knife yet and so med spa is a great option. There initially, our surgical practice fed the med spa, but now the med spa patient population is totally separate. Some of them will become surgical patients, some of our surgical patients go to the med spa, but we get a lot of people just coming in for med spa services, and then we meet their goals. It's ultimately, it's the same goal as surgery. We want people to feel great about themselves. In fact, our mission statement is we aim to add joy to our patients' lives for both the surgical practice as well as the med spa.
0: This episode is brought to you by Care credit. Care Credit is a health, wellness, and beauty credit card dedicated to helping millions of patients get the care they want or need by offering promotional financing options. Accepted at more than 210,000 providers nationwide, the CareCredit credit card allows cardholders to make convenient monthly payments for plastic surgery, minimally invasive treatments, skincare products, and more. Reconstructive surgery patients can also use the card to pay deductibles, co-pays, and other fees not covered by insurance. Patients can use CareCredit for prescriptions at Rite Aid, Walgreens, and other select pharmacies. Once approved, patients can use their card again and again for additional procedures and services you provide. Join the Care Credit Provider Network and learn about special rates offered to ASPS members. Call 800-300-3046 or visit carecredit.com to enroll today. If I was to open my own med spa, how would I choose what services to offer?
1: That's a great question, especially because there's so many different technologies, machines, injectables, what do you do? I would say start with injectables because you don't have to pay for technology. You're paying for whatever you're injecting, and you're paying for the person who is injecting, and you have dramatic results. When you're looking at technology, because eventually patients are going to want a resurfacing or something done, then you need to look at the cost-benefit ratio. And so that really comes down to numbers. How many treatments do you need to do before you break even? But you don't want to just break even. You want to stay in the black. So what's your profit goal? How many treatments do you have to do in a month to be able to do that? So there are actually a lot of considerations. More and more, especially with technology and our ability to communicate We can learn from our fellow plastic surgeons and uh, some of the websites now will have sort of chat rooms. What did you think of such and such machine? And you can learn from the wisdom of colleagues. If you're looking at a brand new machine, Pretty much the only people you have as references will be the company's list of the initial people who've used the machine, so that's a little bit riskier. But you really need to do your homework because you can buy a $100,000 machine and find that it's a dud. We actually had a laser once that just was not firing reliably, and so we ended up parking it. It was a very expensive laser, but we could not in good conscience use it on patients.
0: Are there any technologies or procedures that you used to have that you used to offer in the med spa that you no longer do and why is that?
1: We used to offer smart lipo with a laser combined with liposuction. And now there are so many great superficial technologies with radiofrequency that we find that we do liposuction and we don't necessarily need to add that extra step with the laser. So that's something that we no longer use. We've gone through generations of laser hair reduction, tattoo removal, and as I meant, spider vein treatment. So as I've mentioned, not every machine ends up working well. And so sometimes we'll replace it with something better.
0: Are there any special considerations when trying to promote a med spa as opposed to the surgical practice?
1: Marketing a surgical practice is different than, from marketing a med spa. In actuality, the med spa is a lot easier to market because you can ask patients to write reviews for a Botox treatment where it's a lot harder to ask somebody to write a review about their labiaplasty or their breast augmentation. So the breadth of possibility is there for a med spa. A lot of times people won't mind if they, in fact, sometimes they themselves will put themselves on social media having a treatment. Surgery, that's a lot harder to do.
0: What would be the, the 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 benefits versus the cons of having a med spa in the same building as a surgical practice as opposed to being freestanding?
1: In the chapter of my book, I've got a list of things to consider. And briefly, if you're in one place for your surgical practice, you want to just add on a med spa, you need to look at the physical space, are your med spa patients gonna be sitting next to your surgical patients? Is it loud? There's a lot of considerations there. If you go to a separate space, can you afford the rent? How far is it from your surgical practice? So there are other considerations. So there are pluses and minuses to that. One thing that we have done, we started out with one med spa in the same building as our surgical suite. But then we opened up another uh, med spa office in a different county, just uh, about 45 minutes south of us. So we have constant communication. We have meetings with everybody involved. And then we also always ask to see before and after photos. We have access, obviously, to all the before and after photos. But we're very strict with before and after photos, just as we are with our surgical practice. And that, I think, distinguishes us from other med spas owned by non-plastic surgeons. We really focus on photographic training. We run meetings, we go through the before and after photos, we critique not only results but angles and photography and we really emphasize education. So our bar is very high whether we're in the same building or not.
0: What else can distinguish a plastic surgeon-owned med spa to one that's not owned by a plastic surgeon?
1: I think in plastic surgery, we operate on the whole body. We do surgery on the face, the body, breast, female genitalia, male genitalia. We really have an understanding of the anatomy, what can be done, and Not everyone who owns a med spa has that knowledge or ability to address a problem. So if somebody comes in with a complaint of, say, excess fat of the abdomen, but they have hanging skin, as plastic surgeons, we're able to actually do the correct procedure. Somebody in the med spa sees somebody like that, we train them what we do in surgery so the patient could be referred to the surgeon for an abdominoplasty consultation whereas elsewhere that patient might get cool sculpting. In fact, we do see those patients. They come into us because they've had cool sculpting done elsewhere.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you for sharing your expertise, Dr. Furness. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks so much, Ash.
0: Join us for the next episode of Your Practice, where we'll be talking with Dr. Kargatowski Gatowski and how he established multiple med spas around the Chicagoland area. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our Enhance Your Practice podcast series brought to you by ASPS University and our host, Dr. Ash Patel. You can listen to our other episodes on any of the podcast platforms where they are currently available, or you can download recordings directly from ASPS EdNet. New seasons and episodes are coming soon on practice management. Please contact ASPS Education with your feedback and suggestions for future podcast topics. Thank you for tuning in.